Um, so where y'all tuning in from? But on this, I want to talk to you guys. Um, if you're using Credit Karma, if you're using um, certain things, I just want to make sure that you guys aren't getting um, duped. Um, you know, there's kind of been some sayings. This is not a target or, or any kind of thing towards Credit Karma, but go ahead and share. Um, share with some friends and share with some family because I got a lot of back um, info that I want to get out. It's been like I've been writing down topics and it's been so long since I went live. Um, man, you know, you don't go live, people forget about you. So I think some of y'all have forgot about you, boy. So go ahead and like, share, comment. Uh, I got to get it shared in my groups because I got, you know, I got my ADHD, right? And you know, it might take me forever to kind of get things done. But I think that, man, I got So, yeah. Getting real. What's wrong with this phone? All right, somebody like it or comment it so I can actually go back to it. Um, freezing. It's kind of weird. Let me go back into my Facebook. Um, this is weird. Photo, video. Um, so photo. Oh, okay, late night game changer. All right, here we go. Let me share. All right. Um, I want to share, share, share. We go. Late night and I don't see no ones yet. I because I want to start. You know, I'm trying to buy time, make sure I see some ones. I like to usually go in. Um, let me scroll this down. Um, make sure I see some ones. I won't keep this video up. Um, I'm probably going to delete it right after and put it in my stay focused group. So if you're in my stay focused group, you'll get this video. You'll be able to go back and watch it. So if you guys aren't on here um, from the time it starts, um, I'll probably keep it up like 20 minutes to let you go back, but I won't be able to keep it up. I'm gonna go ahead and take it down after that. So. And I'm just trying to give you guys, I'm not trying to sell you guys anything. Actually, everything I talk about is a free resource today. So I'm not going to get up here and like try to push you into something that you got to spend money on. Um, you don't, don't send me anything. I, I just don't want anything. I just owe you guys this because it's been a minute since I came on. So I think I got to share it to all the groups I need to share to, but if not, oh well. All right, so look, a lot of you guys, I know you read the caption, and it basically asks, is credit karma targeting poor blacks or setting them up to fail? And a lot of people probably think that I'm sitting here and I'm attacking credit karma, which is not the case. I'm not attacking, um, attacking credit karma at all. But one thing I have realized is a lot of people, especially around tax time, you guys are dependent on credit karma. And one of the things that, that's important is, um, you know, your score, especially if you're trying to buy a house, you're trying to buy a car, you're trying to save, you're trying to start a business or do whatever you can. One of the problems that I've been seeing is, you know, everybody says my credit karma score is this. Let me go ahead and get this out of the way because I know I always do this to start my videos with. So before I get into the main points, I just don't want you guys to be lost. So credit karma is not a credit monitoring site. Now, the reporting the things that they furnish the data on you, they may furnish that data, but those scores that they're furnishing you 
are not scores that the banks are going to pull. Banks pool was called a FICO score. So FICO is Fair Isaac Corporation. Um, and Bill Fair Earl Isaac started it in 1956. One was a data scientist, one was a mathematician, right? And they started that to create the likelihood, basically a, to create a risk on, you know, to the lenders um, to be able to tell them how you um, pay your bills or not. So to be able to create a risk score for you. And the problem with that is a lot of people didn't know you know, what was included in the score until like later. They still really don't share the exact algorithm of how they come up with a score, but they share certain criteria, pieces of criteria, what makes up a score. So what makes up a FICO score, and that's the score that the bank is gonna pull. What does Credit Karma has to do with this? Credit Karma provides you with something called Vantage scores. Vantage scores are owned or were created by the credit bureaus because the credit bureaus only licensed FICO. Um, well, really they licensed FICO. So what happened is FICO used the data between the three bureaus, right? Because you don't walk around with a TransUnion Equifax or Experience score. You only walk around with the Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian data. So you don't have the score. So some people might say, well, my credit karma is a little lower, it's a little higher. It's no kind of algorithm is going to be able to tell you exactly how much it should be off. So don't walk around thinking that credit karma is 30 points different than um, your real score or your score that the bank is going to pull. There's no kind of data out there that's going to be able to tell you because um, Credit Karma uses what's called Vantage. Vantage has six pieces of criteria that makes up the score. FICO has five pieces of criteria that make up the score. So it's like comparing apples to oranges. They're both fruits, right? They're both fruit, but they're used to different things. They're, or it's like a fork and a spoon. They're both eating utensils, but if you put a fork in some soup, it's probably going to go through, and you put a spoon on some noodles, it probably won't work. So it's not that the scores are wrong. They're just used for different things. So Credit Karma was created by the big three because FICO wouldn't sell. I don't know if they even try to buy it or anything like that. But FICO is, for, you know, basically was the score that when the banks licensed it, they used the data from the bureau. So they'll pull an Equifax report. Right. And then they'll calculate it through that FICO algorithm and kick out a score. That's why when you have three different. That's why you might have three different scores on each bureau. Right. That's why you might say, hey, my Equifax is 710, my TransUnion is 725, blah, blah, blah. It's because you have different scores. Right. Or different data. So when you have an Experian report that might not pull everything in from TransUnion and Equifax, right? So when they calculate through that FICO algorithm, it's going to kick out three different scores. So you don't have an Equifax score. You don't have a TransUnion score. You don't have an experience score. You have data. That's why when you start disputing these things on yourself, you're not disputing the score. You're disputing the data that gets recalculated through the algorithm and may kick out a higher or may kick out a lower score based on those factors. And the factors that make up that score, you ask, what are the five factors that make up a score? So it's not like they're just getting the score because they like you. I get people all the time, and I coach people all the time in their companies, and they get clients all the time as well, that says, hey, my score dropped five points. You guys suck. Or my score dropped five points. I don't know what's going on. It's five pieces of uh, criteria that makes up a FICO score. Your score can go up or down every time an account reports or every month in that cycle that the account reports. So follow me very, very careful here. Um, I want you to make sure that you guys understand your score. So FICO, as if it's not complicated enough, 
has over 65 different scoring versions. Yes. So it's not like FICO is just sitting out there saying, hey, this is the score. No. You actually have a FICO 8. You have FICO 9. You have FICO 2. You have FICO 3. So now with different FICO versions, depending on the version that the bank pulls or licenses, that's the score algorithm that they're going to use. For example, if you go in there and try to apply for a home, right, and when you apply for the home, it's going to tell you, uh, well, you're going to pull your mortgage scores. Now, they are FICO scores, but what most lenders do is they throw out the highest score and they throw out the lowest score. Write this down. Write the exact mortgage scores that they're going to pull through Fannie Mae or if they follow in Fannie Mae guidelines or criteria that they're going to pull for you when you're trying to go get approved for a home. Equifax, right? Equifax pulls your Equifax Factor Beacon 5.0. So your Equifax mortgage version score is an Equifax Factor Beacon 5, F-A-C-T-A-B-E-A-C-O-N 5. So be careful and, um, you know, with, with um, so don't think that your FICO 8 or 1 that you're seeing from the credit card. A lot of people actually go to their credit cards and say, my credit card said my score was this. Your credit card isn't, give, your credit card would never give you a mortgage score, ever. Your credit cards are giving you either FICO 8 or FICO 9 that the banks are still not even really using because most banks, most banks are approving you on credit cards and regular personal loans on FICO 8, right? That's the most widely used version. Right. So a FICO, um, a bank will never give you an Equifax Factor Beacon 5 mortgage score. They will never give you an Experian Fair Isaac version 2. So Experian uses what's called Fair Isaac version 2 mortgage score or V2 or something like that. So that means that you have Equifax using Factor Beacon 5. You have Experian using Fair Isaac version 2. And then you have um, TransUnion using Classic FICO 4. Right. So that means that if your Equifax uh, Factor Beacon 5, your Experian Fair Isaac version 2 and your uh, TransUnion Classic FICO 4, those scores are going to be used um, to dictate if you're going to be able to get approved or not. Now, remember, there is nothing in a score that will ever get you approved. A lot of people say, oh, I got a 750. I should have got approved. No, I know people with 750s getting denied left and right. That's why the health of the file is more important. A score is only like putting makeup and lashes on something to enhance it, to make it look better if they are a good person. So let's say if you are a good person and then you throw those enhancements on. If you're a good person, then whatever you put on is going to automatically make you look better. So the score is what drives the rate that the bank should give you. It's kind of like a guideline that they lend on based on your approval. So you can have three authorized user accounts without any full account. Because a lot of people out here, they might buy a trade line, right? I'm not going to say if that's good or bad. That's not me. I'm not the uh, credit police. They all over the place, right? But I'm not one. But if you are, or if a friend or family adds you to two or three of their cards or whatever, and you run around with a 750, 780 credit score, and then you apply for something and say, wow, I didn't get approved. That's because you don't have a healthy credit file. You don't have anything of your own, and they can take you off those cards at, at, at any given time. And that means that the banks haven't found out how you can pay bills or not. Also, you can have good credit cards and you have zero balances on them. That means the bank don't know if you got that card sitting there in a credit in a, in a cabinet or a drawer, right? Um, and not using it. So a lot of people can get a card and not use it over and over and over, and the banks are going to probably take that as a risk. And the reason why is because they don't know if you do use it, how you're going to pay it back. So you haven't really figured out a way to make sure that you're paying your bills on time enough to it can get documented to the banks can trust you. And, you know, so don't focus on the score too much. 
so focus on the file. So that way you might have the regular credit file just like everything else, right? And you might pull your mortgage scores. And that's what I was telling you. So you might go, let's say you go into Wells Fargo to get a mortgage, right? And your Wells Fargo is going to pull your three, three, you know, three bureau report. And it's going to be your Equifax um, Factor Beacon 5, Changing your Classic 4, your Experian version 2. And then that, they might pop up and say, man, you got pretty decent scores. Go ahead and apply for a car while you're here. Then you turn around and you apply for a car, and then you're going to say, man, my score jumped 35 points in a day. No, it just means that the TransUnion they might have pulled was a FICO 8 or auto score for your car, right, which differs from the TransUnion Classic 4 mortgage score because those algorithms and the criteria that's accepted in those um, scoring models differ. One might say, hey, we're going to heavily rate your utilization in credit cards. And one might say your payment history on installment loans, we're going to rate those higher. Based on not knowing the exact criteria of each scoring model because they don't share that publicly, that's why we tell you to just make sure that your file is healthy. You might have a 100-point difference between even the uh, FICO 8 and the FICO 5 score, right? So that's why you want to just make sure that you have everything on there healthy before you start going in there. So a lot of people, this is where you guys mess up. You guys go on Credit Karma and you say, hey, they say I got a 720 and then you apply for it. Credit Karma, if I got some real estate people on here, Credit Karma is pretty much on like Zillow. You know, Zillow might tell you the house is worth 130 and then they do appraisal on it. You ain't getting but a hundred dollars. I'm a hundred thousand on it. So you Credit Karma is the same way. The reason why is because in order for you to get a FICO score pool, that means that they got a license that they got to buy that through FICO. Of course, if they got a lot of licenses, they're a big dealer or they're a big lender, and they always pull and they might can get those reports for a lot cheaper, those algorithms or those FICO score reports, right? Which means that every time you pull a FICO score, it's going to cost the bank, I don't quote me on that, but about nine bucks, right? Let's just say nine to 12 bucks, depending on their license, right? Why would I pay nine to 12 bucks to give you your score? The only reason why FICO scores are pulled through the banks, they will, they will pay that 9 to 12 bucks because if you get approved, they're going to make their money back in interest. Now, let's watch of why Credit Karma is free. When I throw free out there and when I target people who are in low communities who, have, who really don't have the education from a credit perspective. Now, if you, were in a, um, if you came up in a school, and I need y'all to be interactive so that I can make sure y'all get added to this group. If you came up in a school and they did not teach you how to handle your credit to make sure that you take care of yourself in school, go ahead and type in the comments. They didn't teach that. Type in the comments, not my school. Yeah, not my school. So type not my school in the comments if they didn't teach this in high school of what you need to take care of, which means that in the communities where they don't teach financial education, people are always going to follow what they see. And if they marketing free, um, you're going to go on there because it's free. And then you won't realize in the disclaimer that Credit Karma is not a credit monitoring company, but they're a marketing company. They get paid to tell you you have a very good chance of getting a card on a bank from a bank that's not even going to pull the score that you're seeing on your Credit Karma dashboard. So the problem with that is if um, the bureaus didn't want to pay $9, right, to be able to furnish you a score. You remember before 2006, the credit bureaus really didn't have you as a customer, right? You were not a credit, um, you were not a customer of Equifax, TransUnion, or Experian before 2006. And the reason why is because um, it used to cost them about $9 to be able to generate a FICO score. So if I'm going to give you credit monitoring, 
and call it, you know, give it on credit karma, uh, there's no way I can give it to you for free, right? So we'll talk about that later because credit karma isn't them. It's just the own entity using that to market. So what the bureaus did because they didn't want to furnish you FICO scores because they know you want to pay for credit monitoring, what they did is they started telling you, hey, um, they created what's called Vantage Score. Now, that's owned by the three, you know, the, the, the big three, Equifax, TransUnion, Experian. They got together, created this educational score. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's the most widely used scores. I'm not going to get in that debate because it's, you know, credit karma is furnishing a lot of them, right? And I'm not going to get in the debate of who's, you know, lending the most money on that, right? But what I can tell you is they got together and created what's called Vantage, which means that they own Vantage. They own the data, which means they own that score. Now, I know they're trying to create something called a Credit Score Competition Act or something like that to make Vantage a player. Um, I'm not going to get into if that's going to come to fruition or not. But what I can tell you is it, it was like it's always been deemed as a wolf guard in the hand house. You can't control the score and you can't control the data at the same time. That's what made FICO what it was because they don't furnish data. They only furnish the algorithm so that when that data comes through it, it'll furnish a score to the bank. So they came with that. Now, a Vantage score, they sell those for pennies on the dollar. So Credit Karma can come in there and get a Vantage score for about eight, nine cents, right? They get so versus nine dollars for, you know, eight, nine cents versus nine dollars. So now when you get a person like you, we can market to you. And we can tell you, hey, Credit Karma, now i got everything on my report that can get my house, blah, blah, blah. So, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's good info um, that you would have access to be able to look. Um, but one of the problems is, hold on. One of the problems is when you go on there, it's going to tell you you have a very good chance of getting it. You're going to click on it. Because now, let's say it was 52 weeks in a year, right? If you're paying 9 to 10 cents per week to update your report on Credit Karma to give you a Vantage score that, they, uh, you know, that, that, that the three big bureaus own, you got the data, they're going to kick out a Vantage score to you. They think they use a Vantage score now for 9 cents. So let's say 10 cents, right? We already know Credit Karma is the highest use of Vantage score, so they get it for pennies on the dollar, right? So let's say if they even paying 10 cents. If they pay 10 cents for a whole year, you update your report every year. They, the number is, if I update my report on Credit Karma every week in a year, that's 52 weeks. The chances are of you clicking on and applying for one of those credit cards are very high if you update it every week, right? So that means that if you don't get approved for that card, they get paid. And if you do get approved for that card, they get paid. So they're a marketing company that's going on clicks that's pretty much farming themselves out to the chase, to the to the um, American Express, to all of them, to be able to market clicks for them so that when you click and you apply, if you get approved, they're getting top dollar because they're putting so much volume into American Express, so much volume into Chase, so much volume into there. So they're marketing cards, they're marketing pre, uh, resale services to you, and they're throwing that free score out to you because you're only paying nine cents per round to market to you. So think about how much is a lead. It's going to cost three, four dollars to get a lead to be able to buy something from you, right? Probably cost a little more than that. So they're getting it for pennies on the dollar because they got a return buyer. Even though you have might haven't clicked on anything or paid them personally, when you click on something, you consider the buyer because they're making money off you at that point. So therefore, I can give you a score. Make sure that you keep uh, updating it every week, and now what you you become a, uh, a repeat buyer at that point. So that's why where Credit Karma comes in, they get you with the free, 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 and then they get you with the telling your friends. You'll tell your friends, they're the only ones that don't even have a referral program. 
the number one marketing referral company that uh, markets credit cards in the world to you don't even have a referral program so that you can get paid from having other people come in because they know that if I say free, everybody's going to come in. So now you have to make sure that when you are on Credit Karma, don't look at those Credit Karma scores as the score that's going to help you with your mortgage. If you're mortgage shopping, you really want to go to MyFICO, MyFICO.com, right? And if you're working on your credit file or if you've hired a company to work on your credit file, don't go to MyFICO.com um, at that moment, in my opinion, right? Because a lot of people are going to start getting confused and then you're going to start saying, hey, I got a million scores going up and down and I don't know what to do at that point. So um, I got a free group of a friend of mine that she's actually uh, setting up on a step-by-step. -step. You guys want to go master that? you'll be able to actually go into that group um, and get a step-by-step -step for free. It won't cost you anything, right? Um, and if you got clients, right, and it's going to give you, like, step-by-step -step info that I guess is going to help you out as well. So I just want to make sure that you guys are getting the info. want to make sure that you guys are in. So uh, hold on one second. All right, so my bad. Kind of got sidetracked on that. I was trying to read the next part, read the next part, read the next part. All right, so now look, um, what I want you guys to do, I'm going to give you a step-by-step -step right here. Um, first, if you don't know what's on your credit file, right? Um, if you don't know where to start, how to get started, I want to show you how to make sure, because I made a post at the end of the year and said, anybody that's connected to me, I've been planting a seed every single day. Every single day I've been planting a seed, right? And it goes in every morning, right? And I go in my prayer closet and I pray for everybody that's connected to me that all you got to do is start speaking it into existence, right? Claim it, claim it, claim it. And once you start to claim it, you're going to see it. But you got to claim it first, right? So this is what I've been, uh, and I don't want to get all religious and none of that, um, or spiritual or, or none of that, but this is just who I am. This is, you know, I mean, went through a lot of stuff to finally get grounded, right? Um, but one of the things I want you guys to do is not be the borrower this year. I made a commitment to you guys that anybody connected to me, we're going to go through step by step to show you how to become the lender this year. So, therefore, you won't be having to ask people to wish you, you $40, $50, $60 or anything, right? Because you're going to strategically position yourself to not be there. So, now, what I want you guys to start doing is these five steps. It's just five quick steps. And I'll start going over them, right, more and more. Uh, just got to start keep clearing my schedule off. Um, first, you got to make sure that you do something if you don't have your finances in order. We've all been there. You're talking to somebody who, when I started my business, I can just tell you a couple of years ago, I started my business and I thought everything was good. Everything was good. It started going good. I started doing videos. Things were amazing, right? But reality is when you start building a business, right, because um, I came from like the music industry. I was a whole rapper out here a few years ago, right? But when you start going into the business side of things outside of music and when you start saying, hey, I'm going to. You know, I did other stuff, too. I mean, I worked, I did Lockheed, I you know, did some other stuff. But um, when the financial side and the credit side and all of that started picking up, um, you know, more money, more problems, right? 
I was the guy. I remember Daniel and Keenan or um, and Mark and all of those other people was like, "Hey, we're proud of you doing good." Um, but the problem was is that year we was doing like one point six million. Did you know? One yes, we was doing one point six million. But guess the problem was? The problem was I had almost every single credit card I charged off. This was me. I was the like the credit guy. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, he's like the guru." But the crazy thing is, I was going live every day. I was pouring into people. Right. The money was pouring in and it looked good. I was showing videos like, hey, look at all of these employees back here. The problem was um, deposits was coming in. It's like thirty two thousand dollars deposit payroll. Thirty four thousand. You See what I'm saying? So the problem was, is I had a one point six million dollar business. I charged off every credit card I had. I was two months behind on my mortgage and uh, I was about to get my car repo. So the thing is, is just because business is booming. Stop thinking that everything, you know, what I'm saying is just because you know everything about credit doesn't mean life doesn't happen. It happened to me. Life happens to everybody, right? I mean, I, you know, running from the sheriff and all that, maybe serving because I just didn't have it because it came down because I was always like, you know, looking in the Bible, you can't hire somebody and just not pay them. So my thing was like, man. I got all these employees, I can't, you know, and it was crazy. So I went through that. And the reason when I look back on that is because I didn't have a strong foundation from the beginning. I started going into my business to where as it came, I, I didn't know what was coming in and what was going out because it was called business survival mode. And then I realized that 95% of businesses who aren't making at least $5 million a year are in business survival mode which means that, hey, let me roll this out, let me roll that out. And I used to get mad at people, and it didn't take me to last week to realize people go in hustle mode when things aren't working. That's when people start saying, hey, I need to make dollars here, I need to make dollars there. You know, you sign up, you start something, you become a coach, all kind of stuff, right? So I want to make sure that you guys don't make the same mistake I made. You don't want to be the one that's building your business, growing your business, and about to lose everything, but you're making sure that everybody's in place. So I want to give you five steps to just make sure. The five steps I want to talk about is getting your credit on point. You know, we're going to have a group um, for you. Probably come back live tomorrow, have a group, because I don't have that text code that you guys can opt in, and I didn't get the group name from her. But I'm going to have a group um, that I can add you guys to. She's doing amazing stuff. But she has, like, a step-by-step -step of how to make sure that you're good, right, with just from ordering the report, from going step-by-step, -step, identifying the mistakes and all of that, right? And then, um, you know, just getting, you know, step two. So step one, getting your finances in order, getting your credit in order, because you want to take the risk away from you. And the reason why you want to take the risk away from you is the question. Name three people that you can go borrow $30,000 from. Well, no, no, no. Name five people you can go and borrow $30,000 from. Remember, I was talking about the credit club, but then my mom passed and everything started happening. I lost my mom, my aunt, and my friend within 11 days apart. And then my business started getting attacked, and then just all kind of stuff happened. But it had to happen because now where I'm at, I'm in a place where I should have been the, the whole while. So it was actually a blessing. But before that happened, I was talking about the credit club, right? And the credit club is something that, like, me, Ken, and Brandon did. That's like when we put our stuff together to say, hey, let's go cross seas, let's build out a foundation to where we don't have to worry about things anymore. So if you don't have five people that you can go borrow $30,000 from, that's why you got to go all the way back to step one. So step one, you got to make sure that you get your credit in order. So she got a group that I'll make sure that you guys get into where you can have a step-by-step do-it-yourself to where you can get on point. And then you can add your friends and y'all can start a credit club. Step two is 
helping you incorporate in your business to start protecting your wealth um, that you're gonna, gonna receive, right? So you wanna make sure it's early in the year, go ahead and incorporate, right? I can't, I'm not a CPA, I'm not an attorney, so I can't tell you, I can't tell you how to incorporate, but what I can tell you is to get a CPA or get an attorney or get some kind of um, advice on incorporating, the best steps to incorporate and things like that. Now, um, I know a lot of people do incorporate as LLCs and then when revenue picks up, um, this is just illustration purposes. Don't try that. I get a lot of trolls on my thing that like to go report and stuff. So I'm not, you know, um, I, just, you know I do know a few companies that have incorporated as LLCs and then when the revenue start picking up they elect it through like a 2553 form uh, to be taxed as an escort right and they said you know just from the feedback I got from them it was like wow that's that's def um, that, that's definitely dope right so now the third step is well and, and another thing that somebody said you know if you're still working a nine to five having a corporation isn't bad if you like an LLC um, one something somebody told me now I'm not telling y'all to follow this advice I'm not telling you this is tax advice or saving or anything, but this is a story of a buddy of mine that said, and you can check me on it if it's wrong or not. Um, a buddy of mine said that uh, when he, you know, was still working his nine to five, he actually incorporated his business. And in route, he was driving like 45 miles to like his job every day. Uh, and you know, it's nine to five or whatever. But he was en route, stopping at gas stations, handing out business cards that was going out of his, you know, out of his route, and then uh, spend an hour after work at another location to come back. Well, spend an hour out and about, um, and said that being that he was handing out cards, um, that you know, every going to my, you're going to work back and forth like 50, 40 miles out, forty miles back is like eighty miles. But he was handing out business cards and things and route saying he can claim that as mileage. Now I'm not gonna give you his name so you won't be like, hey, I'm gonna go set him up and get him in trouble if that's wrong. But I was like, man, that's that's crazy. But no, the reason I was talking about incorporating for your business to start protecting your wealth, a lot of us are actually before it's considered uh a hobby. A lot of us actually have businesses. A lot of us started tax companies. A lot of us are doing different things and we spend money on, but we don't incorporate and we're paying a lot of taxes that we shouldn't be paying uh, because we're using business expenses that we can't really claim. Right. And we can't get our boards and stuff like that together. So that's for another time. I'm going to try to get some experts to, uh, you know, come and talk to you guys about that. Um, so three, though, three is the most important one. So now you got your credit at one point. You went to the group. You got the step by step, or you went on that mailing list or whatever. I don't have one. I'm a. Um, I think you text freebie. I don't even know if that's actually valid now. I put it in there. I don't, I don't think she set it up yet. So if you text freebie, you probably gonna have to text it in the morning. Plus this video will be done tonight. But step three is important. So you got your you got your credit on point, right? To where now you're investing with your credit. You're not saving cash. You already say you can't get five people to give you $30,000, which means that you don't need to be trying to save $30,000 to invest in yourself, which means that now you're going to start actually uh, uh, investing with your credit, and you're going to get five friends. You're going to help them step-by-step, step, call it a credit club. It's like a bike club and like a car club. You know people in bike clubs. You know people in car clubs, right? So now you're going to create what's called a credit club. So in that credit club, you're going to help people. Y'all are going to go step-by-step, step, and all five, six of you guys are going to get your credit on point, right? So now that's five, six people that can go to the bank and get thirty and forty and fifty thousand dollars in funding and start incorporate and start running 
um, and making sure that you, you're selling items and products and things like that and running revenue up. And once you start running and generating revenue, you can start actually building business credit and start getting funding. But we're going to go back, though. So now you got funded, you got to incorporate. Third, this is just a step-by-step. -step. It's five steps. I tell you, we're halfway done. Third is create your list of services that you want to start providing. Then seek your vendors that provide this or build your team of experts who can fulfill this. Now, let me be clear. A lot of people think that you have to be the best of the best. I get people in my industry all the time or any industry that I've been in all the time that says, I want to master this, I want to master that. Everybody want to just master everything except running a business. The problem is, is when you're trying to master everything, you can't teach that to everybody, right? You don't have to be the best. Do what you do best, delegate the rest, right? A lot of people say, oh, I want to start a tech business. And I say, well, why you can't own enough about technology? I know a person right now that don't know anything about technology that's doing about 19, well, he did 19 million last year, and he's probably going to do about 25 million this year. And he don't know anything about technology. But what he did is he's good in business. He know how to, I mean, he knows how to generate leads. So now, write down a list of services and product that you want to start providing, you want to help people with. You don't have to be the best. Now, if you want to start creating websites, right? We, Ken and Brandon, we went to India. We actually went to India. We went through some people. It didn't work, then it worked, then it didn't work. But we had to go through the growing pain until we got a system to where it did work. I can't build a website to save my life, right? But I can tell you what, I guarantee I can get you one built. I can get you a software built. I guarantee I can do a lot of that, but I'm not the most technical guy in the world. Now, I know how to automate about everything, but that's my specialty, right? But anything else, I can't do, but that doesn't mean I can't offer it because I know somebody who can. So you don't have to be the best, right? Whatever you want to offer, you don't have to even, all you got to do is just kind of read up on it. So now that when you start getting funded, you will understand the process of doing what you do best, delegating the rest. I know people that can sell a product over and over and over and over, but when it comes to fulfillment, they don't have to do anything because now they built out a team that specializes in that. So what if you argue and fight with people and your customer service sucks? That's why you can hire customer service people, right? That's why you can hire salespeople even if your sales aren't that good. All you have to do is be the person that's navigating. You got the funding, you got the incorporation, you created the list, now you're offering and servicing those lists. Now all you gotta do is get the funding. So, well, you got the funding. So now you're gonna launch and you're gonna promote with the funding cushion that you have, and then you're gonna outsource and delegate the rest, right? Now, let's say these people jumping in the credit repair industry, you don't have to be the best. I know people in the Philippines for $5 an hour that's the best processors in the world. And now, with most of the, the softwares that, that everybody are using, it's not even, give, you know, it doesn't even show the process. It's the full Social Security number or the Social Security number at all. So now, therefore, you don't even have to be the best in process. You know, I know people that's overseas that speak better English than we do and speak clearer, more clear, you know, clearer or more clear. I don't know if that's my grammar. I ain't saying I was the grammar of the year person. Um, than we do for 5 $6 an hour that can actually jump on the phone and provide a sales call, right? So and I, I ain't say, like, just take all the jobs away. I'm saying that you don't have an excuse now. You say you don't have, really have an excuse to actually be able to not do this. So now we got you got funded because you got your credit on point. And now you got your friends to where they got funded, right? Now all of a sudden it's it's a different ball game, right? Than four or five of y'all walking in with thirty thousand dollars in funding a piece. Now y'all got hundred and fifty thousand dollars, y'all can actually go buy something. And then now the crazy thing is 
when it don't work, find out what doesn't work, start to optimize it, fix it, and then you can start bringing those right people in to make sure it runs smooth. Real entrepreneurs or real people who are trying to level up, what they do is they ready, fire, aim. They don't ready, aim, fire, because a lot of y'all, and that's what my TED Talk was about, done is better than perfect because perfect never gets done. If you haven't watched my TED Talk, let me know. I'll send, my, I'll send it to you. But done is better than perfect because perfect never gets done. And when you're ready, aim, fire, I know people that's, that's been ready, and they've been aiming at their target date, and they never hit it yet. They never launched. I know people that's been in these Facebook groups for about three, four years and never launched the business that they started to launch because they've been in all these free information groups, and they haven't really gained anything of substance to actually start, or they didn't think they learned enough. The problem was, the problem is, is um, experience is probably the best teacher because if you don't do it, you're going to have to hire a coach who failed first. If you don't do it, and there's nothing wrong with hiring a coach, but I recommend at least trying because now if you don't even try at all, you ain't going to do that but make your coach probably make their problems worse, right? So at least try first because now a lot of people might come and then, you know, once you get through it, you got to go through it to grow through it because now when you start failing, the problem is, is a lot of us are so scared to fail that we never get started. That's why I say done is better than perfect because perfect never gets done. So many people wait on the right makeup, the right lashes. Some of y'all ain't even went live on Facebook because y'all ain't got the right hair or the right lashes, the, the, the right makeup, the, you know, everything. It, it just don't sync up at the same time so that you can go live and look like a doll. Don't nobody want to see you looking fake like a doll. They want to see you giving content and want to see you giving info. The problem was is, you want to make sure it's perfect before you do it. What if you do all of that, going through getting your makeup, getting your hair, getting everything late, and then you go live and ain't number one person in there and it's crickets? Now you know wasted all that time when your competitor has jumped out there and already know what your crowd likes and don't like, already optimized, and then when they optimize it, guess what? They got a business that's booming, and then we're going to turn around and look at her and say, man, she don't look all that. She ugly. But her ugly behind out there booming, though. She might be ugly to you, but I guarantee you she's beautiful to a lot of people because now she's successful and she's serving. Anybody that's serving, anybody that's doing the work that they set out to do, they're automatically going to look beautiful. So now I want to make sure that you guys are not doing that. So you guys need to make sure that you don't – it don't have to be perfect. Find out a way to get – you know, learn about getting your credit on point. Now, I'll do a video tomorrow breaking out the pie chart and things like that um, and just going through step by step. But, you know, I just want to make sure you guys got it. Definitely want to make sure you guys got it. So step one, um, go through and visit. Uh, hold on, let me kind of shift this. Step one for the pandas coming. Step one. Go ahead and pay, uh, get that. Step two. Um, and, and we'll go through these steps as we go. It's just the top of the year. Um, I'm going to try to start getting back in, you know, knocking these videos out. Um, one thing I have, have my, I do have a group um, because I just don't want to, especially the, what I'm starting to do this year. Um, I had a lot of mess last year that I just don't want to bring into 2020. So it's cool having people up here looking at it, but I've been making sure that I serve the people that's been in my special group. It's called a Stay Focused Business Group. Um, and if you want to um, get access to that group, because I'm taking this video down right after I'm done with it. Uh, let me see. 
Um, I do have a VA in there that, that manages and makes sure that they drop the videos in there. They put the content out that has to get paid. But that group is only $3 a month. And it's not for that group. It's for the specialized coaching. Um, but it's to make sure that you get a, uh, a coaching video. So, you know, it's, it's going to be group coaching. But you're going to get access to all of these videos as I start going live. They're only going to stay up 20, 30 minutes after my live. Um, and then they stay in that group permanent. So go ahead and like, share, comment um, if this was good info. This is only an introduction to where I'm going with this. I've been on a 12-day fast. I'm feeling wonderful. I haven't, you know, we can't drink anything before. I mean, we, we can drink, but we can't eat anything before 4, and we can't eat meat. So we can only eat between 4 and 12. So I want to grab me a little something before I lay down. So if this is good info, go ahead and say good info or if it was if it's something I need to add go ahead and say it that way when I get back after 30 minutes I can go ahead and make sure that I uh, take the video down and put it in the you know the stay focus group next week in that group we actually gonna be showing you how to get your book written within a month not only written but finding a publishing team finding a hype team for it um, you can actually get a book written in a weekend so if you guys were on my free four-hour webinar on how to get started and launch your business um, you probably got a brief scenario of that in the group the next 10 15 days the videos are going to be step-by-step -step showing you how to get your book written so if you don't come out of that group as a published author it's by fault but yours but in order to be the expert you need to be the author you would have you know I even got coaches out here that I coach that's coaching people as well to tell you that in order to be the expert you have to be the author and my coach told me that as well so um, that's what we're gonna be working on so you know Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Love you guys. I hate that I was gone. It's been some months since I've been on here live. Uh, and I hope that it don't take some more, you know, more months to get back on here. Thank you guys for showing love. I'll see you guys later and stay focused. You'll see this video get dropped in there soon. All right. Love you guys. Good night.